It is a blessing to have so many good churches represented here today, and we are so glad that you have come and are with us today. Um, Take your Bible for just a minute as we prepare to go into our split group prayer sessions and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11, just for a few minutes here. When you get there, stand up and uh, let's read the Word of God together for just a moment. As you're turning to Deuteronomy chapter 11, let me read to you Exodus chapter 12 and verse 7. In Exodus 12, 7, the Bible says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat. And a little later on in that passage, it says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now, where you are in Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning with verse 18. Therefore shall ye lay up my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And ye shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. Please be seated. God was to be the God of Israel. He wanted it that way. He didn't want them to have any other gods that the nations of the other nations of the world had. He wanted Israel to be his people and he wanted to be their God. And in the Old Testament, he would show them how they were supposed to live. They belong to Him. God is the Creator. We have the picture of the earth up here. He's the Creator of all things. You and I know that. That's very basic. The whole creation belongs to God. The Spirit of God moves throughout His creation, throughout His world. God converts individuals who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God in His world and in His creation has set up three institutions that he has ordained three institutions three that god has come up with now there are all kinds of institutions in the world but god didn't come up with them they may be good things they may be good societies good institutions but god didn't create the ymca that you attend uh he didn't uh, come up with and ordain the stamp club that maybe you're a part of or the gun club or whatever it may be but there are three things that god came up with in his created world he came up with the family You know, that wasn't some man's idea along the way. He said, hey, it'd be a good idea for a guy and a gal to get together and have children and create this thing called the family. Well, where did that come from? That's God's plan. That's God's institution. He came up with the government, believe it or not. It was God's idea to have a form of government over people. And God came up with the church. That wasn't some man's idea somewhere along the way either. God instituted these three things. And these three institutions are made up of individuals. And it's important for us as Christians to remember that if God came up with these ideas, then he ought to be the one to tell us how they work. He ought to be the one to give us the instructions on how these things should go. These institutions are made up of people, red, yellow, black, and white, even mocha. (laughs) 
Men and women, boys and girls, institutions of the family, government, and church are made up of individuals. When the Holy Spirit indwells an individual, he bears the fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruits of that conversion is self-control. Self-government. If we were to go to Galatians and list the fruits of the Spirit, we would see love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And all these things go together. And the final one is temperance. And that word temperance simply means self-control or self-government. We've been hearing a lot today and in the news about toxic masculinity. Well, you know there's toxic femininity. And there's toxic... Well, it's because there's toxic sin, right? This is the problem that we have. It's sin. Sin is toxic. And we do have a problem today with people being out of control. Not just men. Women are out of control. Children are out of control. So where are we going to get this self-control that we so desperately need in a society like we have? Self-control. Well, that's a fruit of the Spirit. This self-control is the basic building block for establishing non-tyrannical governments or institutions. Without self-government, which really is Holy Spirit government, Holy Spirit control. But without this self-control, families become autocratic. We see that, especially in other countries. Churches can become despotic monsters, which has happened throughout church history. And civil magistrates, believe it or not, governments can become overreaching and overbearing. I don't know, we haven't seen much of that around here, but covetous thugs, you know, that can happen in a government. Well, what's the problem? The problem is that men are slaves to sin. Enslaved to it. And when individuals are slaved, enslaved to sin, they're controlled by sin. All are before they're redeemed, before they're converted. And they cannot enjoy the plan that God has ordained for humanity. It's impossible. As long as we're slaves to sin. When self-government, when self-mastery is gone, when there's none of that fruit because of the slavery to sin, it ruins completely. God's good plan for his people. A nation of fornicating potheads is not going to long enjoy the civil liberty. A church congregation, a church congregation of pornography users is not soon going to see God at work in their midst. A family that is filled with self-centered, scheming manipulators all in for themselves, are not going to be at peace with each other. And it's going to crumble. This is not God's plan for His institutions. But we see it all around us. Thank God we can be set free from that sin. In God's plan, because we are sinners, we have to have order, we'll call it form, and we have to have rules and laws, and yet at the same time, we have to have liberty. Or freedom. In all of God's institutions, there's to be a form and there's to be a freedom. There's got to be an order. There has to be a way that this thing's supposed to work. And at the same time, there's an independence. A family's independent from other families or from the government. A government is to be independent. A church ought to be independent. And yet there's an order to it all. And those things can only work when men are set free from sin. If they're set free from sin, then those families... And churches and states and nations can all enjoy this form and freedom together. No longer does self-centeredness rule. 
scheming manipulators, those that are all out for themselves. It now becomes, and this is a wonderful phrase we we used last year in our church quite a bit, it becomes my life for yours. My life for yours. You know, it is one or the other. You either have a march for life or you have a march for me. It's either my life for yours or it's your life for mine, everybody for me. I saw someone after the March for Life who on social media put this statement out. Here's what separates the March for Life from any other march. Nobody in attendance is marching for themselves. Nobody's demanding rights or privileges for themselves. Everyone's marching on behalf of those who cannot march. It's an interesting thought. This is what Jesus taught. This is what he emulated. These are basic principles. And John Adams said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. This democracy, this this land that we live in cannot stand without a moral and religious people. It's unfit for self-indulgent, debauched, sin-enslaved people. If the people have no self-control... If they truly are slaves to sin, then no constitution, no resolution, no other paper document, no political leader, no president, and no election is going to matter in the end. It all falls apart. The freedom and the stability of any group of people is found in the moral integrity of the people themselves. And that moral integrity is only possible since we are sinners. If the grace of God has come and forgiven us. We all know Tocqueville's statement, America is great because America is. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Where does this goodness come from? Where did it come from before? You know, the fact that there even is America is proof there's a gospel of Jesus Christ. It couldn't have started without Christ and it can't continue without Christ. Only possible if Christ is preached, if there is repentance, if there is forgiveness, if there is cleansing, without Christ, without the gospel, without this proper form and proper freedom in these institutions are impossible. It really is the gospel. That's the answer, as we heard this morning. Young people hear it all the time. We hear it all the time. People need the gospel. People need the gospel. People need Jesus. And sometimes you say, oh, goodness, why do you keep saying that over and over again? Because it's the truth. It's the only truth. Jesus Christ really is the only answer. Once you are forgiven by Christ, individuals become the temple of the living God. Think of it. Indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And His fruit begins to be born in your life. The greatest thing truly that you can do, not the only thing, but the greatest thing you can do for your nation, for your church, for your family, if you don't know that Savior today, is to become true, born again, regenerated believer in Christ. With the Holy Spirit bearing this fruit in your self-controlled, Holy Spirit-controlled life. And then, when men are forgiven of sin, when they're set up right again, they find themselves functioning within the framework of these three basic governments. No longer is the family dysfunctional, as often we hear. No longer is the nation dysfunctional or the church dysfunctional. The blood is applied, and now the Word of God is obeyed. The first foundation 
in our institutions that God has made is the family. The home. Following the order that God has established. Found in the Bible. And the way we follow God's order and the way we follow the Bible is to do exactly what he says. Things like the husband is the head of the home and the head of the wife. And the wife, in a sense, is his body. As Christ is the head of the church and the savior of the body. And the man is to love his wife as he loves his own body. Isn't it amazing how God puts all that together? And then those children, they're to be shepherded by those parents and led and brought up. And when all of this comes together, it's, it's a beautiful thing, powerful thing, an influential thing in our world. When all the members are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, set free from sin by the gospel, transformed and functioning properly, my life for yours. God's word giving us the answers for all that we face. So as we began just a minute ago, the doorposts back in Exodus chapter 12, you know the story where God told those people to do what I say, take the blood of the lamb, put it upon the doorposts of your house, that the children of Israel were to first place the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, and they shall take of the blood. Strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door of the posts of the houses. Men can I ask you today, has the blood been applied to your life? Do you know Christ as your Savior today? We prayed for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you've been wrestling with it, we're getting ready to go into some prayer rooms here in just a minute. Find somebody that you trust or know. Maybe somebody you don't even know, but you would say, hey, I don't know if the blood's applied to my heart. Walk out of this men's meeting today redeemed, forgiven. They shall take of the blood and strike it on the two doorposts. And then Deuteronomy, we read, Therefore shall you lay up these words, my words, God says, in your heart and in your soul, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. They were commanded to write the law of the Lord on the doorposts. The Lord said, There's going to come a time when my word will be written upon your hearts, not just in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. First the blood, then the word. First the blood and then the word of God. It's the same in the day that we live in. First the blood of Christ and then the word of that same Christ written on our hearts, each one of us individually. The one who gave himself for us as a sacrifice is the same one who speaks to us as our Lord and as our master. So the law, the word of God on the doorpost of our lives and of our homes Pastor Sparks mentioned earlier, many of us would have in our home, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's not just something that's a decoration on our home, but it's part of our life, everything that we do, dedicated to God. The blood on the doorposts, that was there first. Show that we are a house of forgiven sinners, dedicated to God. Jesus Christ is our sacrifice, our high priest, and it follows that He also is our prophet, and the king of our homes. So settle it in your hearts today. The blood, the word, men, we cannot do things our own way. These institutions God made were made to be obeyed by Him. Amen? We must follow His plan. No matter what the world says. No matter what society says. We cannot live for ourselves. Showing up church now and then, compartmentalizing our lives, having our churchianity on Sunday and yet other things on Monday and Tuesday. It's not going to work. This is a whole life matter. 
If the man had not taken the responsibility to put that blood on the doors of of their home, everyone in that home would have suffered if the man had not done that. Even if the wife and the child did everything they could do to try to do what was right, the man, if he had not applied that blood, everybody was going to suffer. If he did not rise up and stand strong and do what God had given him to do. God was to be the God of Israel. He is to be your God. He shows us how to live. We belong to Him. He will keep His promises to us if we will submit to Him and obey Him. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. As we go into our prayer rooms in just a minute with our prayer groups, let's just ask the Lord as we come together in those smaller groups to help us, help us to be the men that He wants us to be, to follow His His plan, His form, and to enjoy that freedom that only He can give us through the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives because of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that You'll help us with these things. Thank You for these men coming today, Lord. May you help us now as we dismiss and go into those rooms, Lord, that you'll just help each and every small congregation there to just uh, sense your presence, to know, Lord, and remember who we're speaking to, to know, and Lord, pray in faith. Lord, to lift up our burdens to you and our praises to you. And God, we just want to right now dedicate this time of prayer we're about to enter into to you. May Jesus Christ be praised. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.